0: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the
1: host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs.
2: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. We've heard the expression near-death experience so many times, but have you ever heard about the shared death experience? Today I want to introduce you to William Peters, who's the founder of the Shared Crossing Project. And it's all about raising awareness of this profound healing experience that's possible for the dying and their loved ones at the end of life. William's own near-death experiences and various shared death experiences inspired him to create this project. You can find out more about William at SharedCrossing.com. Hello, William. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: You are most welcome. So let's hear about you. You are a family therapist and a psychotherapist, am I correct?
3: That's correct. I'm a a marriage and family therapist, licensed, uh, living in California uh, in Santa Barbara, California, and I'm a, a staff therapist at the Family Therapy Institute. And then I also, as you mentioned, founded and direct the Shared Crossing Project, as well as its research arm, the Shared Crossing Research Initiative, uh, exploring, you know, basically the methods that we have created uh, to facilitate shared crossing experiences. This experience, these experiences where people. Basically, report that they feel they've received communication from uh, their loved ones, typically it's their loved ones, from the other side. And it usually happens around death, both before death, uh, during a death and dying experience, and uh, afterwards as well.
2: Mm, it's pretty incredible i'm really looking forward to hearing about this how did you get into this in the first place did something happen that brought you into the world of wanting to research these shared crossings
3: thank you i'm chuckling as you ask that question because when i was growing up i never thought i'd be doing the work that i'm doing now and because you know when you're in the the field of death and dying if you will it's um I don't think that many people kind of set their sights on this no. as a young child. Uh, so yes, it is, it is absolutely my key experiences, if you will, that brought me here. And really the first one was when I was 17 years old, skiing at Squaw Valley and Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. and had a high-speed skiing accident, crushed my back and immediately was catapulted out of my body and found myself sailing away. From my physical body, I was really in no pain at all. I was enjoying the beauty and majesty of the universe. I had a life review going on the same time as I was sailing away from my body. And then I was in this tunnel and very much at peace and enamored by this all. And then I saw this light at the end of the tunnel and i realized i was like oh wow at first it was just amazing and then i realized i'm dying and i realized i did not want to die mm-hmm. and it really arose in me quite quickly and this isn't what a lot of near-death experiencers will report in fact most near-death experiencers experiences will report that they're so uh enthralled and drawn to the love that they're they don't really want to go back to their human life, but for me, I was very clear. I had not done my work. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a mission and a purpose in this human life. And at 17 years old, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't. I wasn't done. And so I pled with uh, that light, which I refer to as God. I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. and I, you know, begged to go back, and just for the reasons I mentioned, I want to go back and live my life. I have work to do. I, I, I you know, and. God very gently and lovingly pushed back on me and said telepathically. I never really heard the words; just kind of landed in my being as "Make something of your life." And I returned to my to you know to the ski slope and went about living my life. Although I was changed very deeply yes. uh, from that experience, I didn't think about it. Didn't even mention that experience uh, for about ten years. But it did transform me in meaningful ways. I find myself, after graduating from college, signing up to work uh, with in Central and South America with the the Jesuit International Volunteers, which is a liberal arm of the Catholic Church, and working with the poor in, in the missions, as they call them. It was nothing about it. It was proselytizing. It was entirely about social service and social justice, which I loved. And so I, through that tour of duty, I ended up... Uh, it was about a four years and I ended up in Guatemala and Peru and it, there was a great deal of there were civil wars going so I was really put face to face with a great deal of human suffering uh, human dislocation uh, illness pain and death uh, and that was really opening my mind and perspective about how just how painful the human experience can be and how brutal we can be to each other. But I also learned a lot about courage and compassion and tolerance from the people that were living in these wars. Uh, Most of the, the victims of this were the, obviously the poor yes. and a lot of the Aymada Am- Indians, the indigenous people of southern Peru. And so there was a whole shamanistic element that I was learning there as well about uh, how they see this human life as a journey, uh, a part, a stop on the human, on the soul of the of the human being. So they were much more at peace in a certain way, not ups- not upset and not vocal about the atrocities, but at, at the existential level, they had a piece about themselves, about seeing this life as temporary. And there was something, you know, beyond this that was going to come that was benevolent and meaningful. And- so with the, then, so I had those experiences early in my life. Uh, I also, like returned from Peru, I worked in the, uh, in San Francisco as a social worker during the midst of the AIDS epidemic. And that was very intense. Uh, at that point in time, um, they didn't know that much about the HIV virus. Uh, There's a lot of fear about a lot of judgment about the people who contracted the HIV virus. And of course, in those days, it it basically was a terminal diagnosis and the deaths were quite brutal. But what I learned is I worked with a lot of these primarily uh, men because it was in, in the area I was in, it was impacting mostly gay men. Yeah. I learned that these men at the bedside of their dying brothers were having mystical experiences and they would come and talk to me about them and i was quite interested in them so i learned early that there were these extraordinary experiences where they felt that they were visited by loved ones that they often would express that it was like i was pulled out of my body and go and i went with my loved one somewhere there were all these phenomena that were quite meaningful and we would gather and you know, I was a you know social worker and I was open so we'd gather and uh, and talk about this I remember going to a, an encampment of homeless people in a fourth floor of a Abandoned building, and they were gathering. And I came, and we were. They were talking about the death of one of their friends, brothers, what have you. And they were sharing, like it's like a campfire. They were sharing what they each experienced, and it was very mystical and very spiritual and very meaningful. This, these were the early experiences that taught me that death is a lot more than. There's a lot more going on. than then we give credit to so I had another near-death experience in an ICU where I just had a blood imbalance and was floating above my body for about four to six hours and very much at peace again but I stayed very much uh, in the earth realm and I recovered from that and then at this point I was very interested in what happens at death what is my truest nature and I was with my grandmother when she was dying and I heard her talking, uh, yelling actually at people in her room. And she was, you know, I walked in one day and she was very vehemently engaged in the conversation, looking at the ceiling, her eyes mm-hmm. were fixated. And I realized this is something real here. I was kind of, could feel a bubble around her like she was in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. I started taking notes on it and went back to my uncle who was the elder in the family at that time and compared all the, the notes that I took. And he said, oh my God, those are people from her life fifty years ago. And oh. and I said, Oh my gosh and the content matched up and everything. So this told me and now now in our research and this is well known, these are called pre death visions. Mm-hmm. But this is just another data point that got me interested in eventually getting into Zen Hospice, hospice work in San Francisco, and it was when I worked in hospice on a 24-bed open ward hospice in San Francisco that was a public hospital so there were a lot of indigent people coming through which basically meant they didn't have a lot of caregivers for Mm -hmm. them except for the volunteers and the volunteer hospice workers. And also it meant that their stays could be rather short because they'd often be transferred from another hospital with very little time to live. But this was really a beautiful opportunity both to care for people at the end of their life but also to be present with them as they were transitioning. And one afternoon uh, I was working with a man we'll call Ron and I was just reading him a story and he was semi-conscious. I don't even think he opened his eyes. In fact, I know he didn't even open his eyes during the whole time that I was reading with him. But during this story, at one point, I popped out of my body and I was suspended above my body and looking down at my body and his body. And, went, and then I realized he was right up next to me, also suspended in this other dimension. And he was smiling, almost as if to say to me, check this out. Wow. Check this out. Now, I didn't know what this experience was at the time. I don't even think I stopped reading. I don't know how much time I spent up there Mm -hmm. with him, but I know that it was pleasant, and I knew that it reminded me of my experience in ICU, uh, my previous near-death experience a few years earlier, where I was just suspended above my body in what I would call just my consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I came back into my body at some point and went to my supervisor, a lovely director of that location, a Zen practitioner, and I said, I share with him my experience. And I was very excited, and he was very equanimous, as most Buddhist practitioners are. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, William, that's just phenomenal. I'll let it go. So I did let it go, although I did have many more experiences there at Zen Hospice of that type always different, but feeling like I was being pulled into the afterlife with the people I was working with.
2: William, we have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear more about the shared death experience and find out what it's like when a person shares in the transition of someone dying. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
4: Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Time flies. In a blink, 2024 is halfway over. What's something you've accomplished this year that you're proud of? Maybe you made it out of bed and to work every day. Or maybe you started shedding some old habits that were weighing you down. But even when you're making progress, life can feel like it's moving too fast. No one can slow time down, but therapy can give you a moment every week to hit pause, set intentions, and reset. Therapy is a guaranteed time to check in on how you're feeling, what you want to do more of, and what you want to change. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. You can start the sign-up process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Take a moment. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp hel shades
1: the Following is a high five moment from high five I won.
5: Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort.
2: High five casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell
3: phone. High five. High five. Casino.
6: Casino. Win at
3: high five
6: casino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Would prohibit Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High
4: five casino.
0: We're
4: happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. AM.com is where you want to be.
2: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network with the best shows that explore the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. You can enjoy all shows on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain and we're with William Peters, founder of the Shared Crossing Project. William, when you had these experiences, were they similar or were they different?
3: Always different, but it's feeling like I was being pulled into the afterlife with the people I was working with and very blissful, very loving. Very intimate experiences and ultimately very meaningful and affirming that there was some continuation to our uh, human consciousness beyond uh, the after human death and then you know my health collapsed from this, if i'd suffered from chronic pain from my skiing injury uh, i'd crushed, crushed my back and i'd really you know it wasn 't a great deal of pain and it, it was getting worse, and I actually contracted Lyme disease. And I ran across, this is a long story that I'm going to truncate. Mm-hmm. I learned about John of God in Brazil, this amazing
5: healer. spirit,
3: healer, yeah. healer of who brings in disincarnate spirits uh, who are benevolent and loving. And so I made a decision to go there and I brought my, you know, my family, my wife and my at that time 10 month old daughter. It seems kind of crazy now we're on a plane heading to the middle of the. Brazilian rainforest uh, but we did it and long story short after two literally just mystical years of you know meditating six seven hours a day and being worked on in this loving ashram spiritual hospital if you will I received in a, a gradual nothing happened like instantaneously but over time I received a healing and my back is about 90 percent better and I have, you know, able to live my life actively as I never was able to do before. I always was working very hard, and but I was always compromised and in pain. Mm -hmm. Now I enjoy the freedom of a largely pain-free life, which I'm grateful for. But after that, I came back and moved to Santa Barbara in 2009, and I was at a conference, and I heard Raymond Moody speak, and I'd always wanted to hear him talk. And he talked about an experience called the shared death experience Yes, Yes. and the shared death experience is this experience where somebody dies and their loved ones caregivers or even bystanders report that they felt like they went into the afterlife with them it's very much like a near-death experience in fact those of us who research this Raymond Moody included basically say it's identical to the near-death experience in terms of variety of phenomena none of these experiences are alike. They're all very unique, but it's, 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 it's just identical. There's a near-death experience. And I, uh, you know, my body started to shake. I was so excited when I heard this and, you know, I talked to Raymond afterwards and said, you know, I I know this experience. I had many of them, but something else, I think I may know how to help people have this experience. Now, as a family therapist, I was working, you know, in Santa Barbara at the Family Therapy Institute, working a lot with grief and, Mm -hmm. You know, death and dying—it just happened to be something that people would come to me for. I was very—I've always been very good with helping people with pain, since I have so much experience with it. So this was a big part of my practice. Well, when I came back, I decided I would start groups. Um, the Life Beyond Death group was the first de- group I would start on this whole topic of. Well, exploring what do we know about what happens after a human death? Is there life after a human death? And I found that these groups were incredibly well-received here in Santa Barbara. And so I've been running the Life Beyond Death group now. Probably, you know, there's a life, death, life Beyond Death one, two, three, And we literally go into all the phenomena that we know about, about end of life and we also even study what happens in the spirit realm Great. uh what we know about the spirit realm and Great. so but then the then the what people got most interested in i would say and certainly nationally was the methods that i and other my other colleagues were developing to facilitate the shared death experience i realize that there are signposts if you will there's a there's a a map there's a geography there's a landscape that goes from this human life into the next life and i having traversed this a variety of times um felt like i could serve as a guide for people so the shared crossing pathway program is a program that does two things it prepares people basically psychologically emotionally uh, spiritually, for death and dying for themselves. I should say aging, decline, and eventual death for themselves mm-hmm. and their loved ones. And I say it that way because most of the people that take our group now are people that are just interested in getting prepared for this great event of of dying. Uh, they know they're going to have it. They know their loved ones are going to have it. So they're getting ready in advance. They're getting prepared. And then at the, the second, once we've done these preparatory steps, which are what I call kind of lightening the soul and reconciling our lives, dealing with our unfinished business in a very loving way. Uh, Then we we teach them the protocols, the shared crossing protocols, which uh, are the specific steps to facilitate a shared death experience. And then they practice these protocols regularly with their loved ones subsequent to the training and then people tend to come back for more we have a very active community in Santa Barbara uh, but we have people coming in for our trainings around the country and I also now you know offer the trainings in other locations around and people you know I'll go and work with groups of people who want to learn them as well hospice organizations and what have you so that's kind of what I do and that's
2: how I got there and thank you for listening oh my gosh (laughs) I'm amazed that there's so you can teach somebody kind of how to induce this shared-crossing experience? The yeah, thank you. you
3: know, so, yes, and we got – what happened when we were um, in the initial days of the Life Beyond Death groups, and we used to call the Pathway Program the shared-crossing training program. Mm-hmm. Well, some researchers at UCSB, University of California at Santa Barbara, and the Religious Studies Department and Cognitive uh, Sciences Department got interested because – they saw kind of a whole cultural movement happening here that they were moved by. And so they started sitting in, in our groups. We had a you know one particular, his name is Dr. Michael Quinsella sitting in and studying what is it about these people and about this curriculum that has people so engaged with a topic, death, that m- most people run from. So he saw this as a religious, spiritual movement, which it, it is in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And he called it kind of – it's part of this new spirituality movement, which is a whole topic unto itself. People that, are, that identify as being spiritual but not religious. Yes. And, uh, and so you can – when you say it that way, you kind of get what that means. But then I said, oh, it's fine if you want to study us. I said, but I'm really interested in something else. Can you help me set up a, a framework, a, a scholarly framework that can test our methods? And he did. So, you know, we kind of set up, you know, we, we did all these intakes and all these you know, all these research processes um, to study the experiences of our participants. So when a death would happen, then we would have a series of steps and protocols to follow up with them. We would support them beforehand mm-hmm. in addition to doing the shared crossing training program or the pathway program. We would then work with them through the process if they were open. Sometimes they were in some part, other part of the country and we couldn't work with them as directly to support them and that's fine, uh, but they would often call us back and share their experience. And what we found was 50% of our alums to in our shared um, crossing pathway program, we're having shared death experiences. That's and a lot. Eighty percent of them. Eighty percent were having some sort of shared crossing experience, and I'll just take a moment to describe yes. though the difference there is. If you, you know, if you're, our listeners are interested, you can just go to sharecrossing.com and mm-hmm. go look up shared crossing spectrum. But there's eight experiences that we found that our alums were having, and one was pre-death. Premonitions about their death or death of a loved one, usually happen about two years in advance. Pre-death dreams and visions, uh, which is a kind of communication with a loved one, on the other side or an angelic being of some type uh, terminal lucidity which is this experience of people being able to exhibit behaviors that are physiologically unexplainable that means they blind people can see people with dementia can coherently talk to their loved ones even though they've been comatose for wow. you know a long period of time that's like they come to they have a heightened state of vitality mm-hmm. and are able to converse with people as if they've been actively involved in their lives recently when in fact they were largely in a demented state Uh, and then we had the shared death experience which I defined deathbed coincidences which are these experiences where somebody dies and somebody remote from them you know non-local could be cross continents Mm -hmm. um, get some sort of message or usually it's kind of an electrical energetic uh, communication where they just Respond by saying I think so-and-so has died. Yes I've And heard then they, lots they of that. Follow it up and they find out. Oh my god. That's what happened at that and time then there's post-death yeah. dreams and visions and then there's direct post-death communication uh, which is Fascinating whereas people feel like the words we hear is it's like my deceased loved one is in my head responding to my questions without me even knowing that I'm asking them I get the response that I know it's from him or her and then the last piece is post-death synchronicities, which is these experiences of phenomena in the world in our natural world primarily uh, that remind us of the loved one. So that's like you're driving down the road, you think of your loved one, and your their favorite music comes on, mm-hmm. or you walk into a room and you see uh, the digital clocks all reflecting the time that your loved one died or the date of an anniversary. You know all this type of once again, these are more electronic phenomena, and I have, you know, incredible data on this, just re- reports from self-studies uh, or self-reports, and also animals are involved in this. You know, we live in Santa Barbara yeah. on the water here, and people will talk about you know, send me a sign as they're walking down the beach, and all of a sudden dolphins start jumping and whales appear. It's just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of that. Um, and we, can faci- we seem to be able to facilitate these experiences, and we don't really know why. I, my theory is that we basically open people to these capacities, bring them into relationship with a deeper consciousness within themselves and with their loved ones. And when they're at a moment where that veil gets thin, then communication happens that they feel is personal and it's very meaningful to them.
2: This is fascinating, amazing, and we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
6: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
8: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox. But a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb
1: At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people.
6: Hi, I'm Tom.
5: Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here?
6: Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets
5: it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go.
6: Uh, Okay, guess that's not your cup of tea. You sure?
1: Very. Good luck that, I can't meet anyone when I'm out, and I
6: really can't find a website for my
1: unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about paranormaldate.com? Paro what? Dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker, and it's paranormaldate.com. It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on ParanormalDate.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well,
6: yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you.
5: You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it.
6: Wow. This ParanormalDate.com thing really works.
1: Maybe ParanormalDate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in ufos ghosts aliens bigfoot conspiracy theories and of course the paranormal come to the dating site inspired by george nori it's always free to search and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features use promo code george for a great discount paranormaldate.com you are not alone
7: You're
2: listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with William Peters, founder of the Shared Crossing Project. William, I'm just left in awe that this is all possible. That this is reality. You know, I oh, that's I great.
3: am. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Sandra. I mean, every day when I'm working with people, I just pinch myself, saying, "Oh my God, what a world we live in!" And seemingly, death—this event that we are so Culturally programmed to get space from and push off and be afraid of is actually a portal to some of humanity's most meaningful, transcendent, enlivening, and ultimately loving experiences. It's like the best of the human experiences available at the end of a human life and just before and after.
2: Which is fantastic because I think. In our culture, I mean I'm an American, you know we've death has been kind of a hidden thing, you know we, nobody's dying in the households anymore, we're not taking care of our our older folks and and being part of it it's all you know it's usually something that shows up that oh my gosh, you just heard so and so just died, and our people die in a nursing home, and it's kept hidden and mysterious and scary, but not so when we can study it and learn about it and I'm just I'm really interested in finding out more personally because I I can imagine years from now when more and more and more people are trained in this personally and have this education how much easier the uh, the process will go of our bodily death but then you know we'll share it with a loved one we'll still be able to communicate it and just how that'll keep our bonds strong through the veil
3: and you know, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. There's just so much more information, and I should say like scholarly research that's coming out that suggests that what was previously thought to be kind of by the modern kind of scientific materialists within our culture, and certainly that's the dominant mindset within our you know medical industrial complex, is that now this data is is pouring out. It's been there all along, but now there's more and more attention given to it that suggests just what you're saying is that we need to start looking at the human experience as incorporating, including this continuation of consciousness, this this strengthening or continuing of bonds beyond uh, human death. And I'm telling you in my community here, we talk honestly about you know this communication that people are having with their loved ones, and you know this is not in any way to say that the grief when a when a loved one dies is not profound yes. and yeah. melancholic. And but you know, but you know, grief is the is the price we pay for for the love we shared. Yeah, nice and, way
2: of putting that.
3: Yes. Yeah. And so we need to make space for that grief as natural and human and healthy. And yet the relationship transforms. As I say to people, you know, like, you know death is the end of a human life. It is not the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. The relationship continues. And we need to put more emphasis on how we can strengthen that that relationship in ways that make that makes sense and are healthy and, and we're learning how to do that you know and I think working with uh, this direct post-death communication and uh, you know I think mediums are very helpful in connecting us you know when you get a really skilled qualified medium they speak to this as well but I, I you know I don't I don't we don't have any valence towards mediums in our work we're all about natural experience Developed through consciousness and practice.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think each and- one of us is a, you know, one of these infinite souls that's here on planet Earth in a human body that we are much more powerful than we know. And, and you know, many of us have some, or I think we all do, you know, some abilities that just are untapped. And if you don't have to go outside of yourself to ex- have some of these experiences, uh, it's great.
3: Yeah. yeah, no, I would... I- Once again, I I very much agree and appreciate what you're saying because, you know, we are learning about um, the capacity of the human consciousness. I mean, we kind of say that, you know, the amazing capacity of the human brain, but the way I and others in, in the field are looking at this is that consciousness sits within a human body and is mediated by a human brain which is mm-hmm. actually a limiting function
7: mm-hmm, <laughs> to the yes. actual
3: capacity of our brain which uh, excuse me of our um, of our consciousness which is able to communicate multi-dimensionally and when we can in a certain way deepen our connection to and live more from our human our consciousness which is you know human now but our consciousness Then we open ourselves to, up to so many other experiences that I think are quite meaningful and speak to the deepest nature of, of us as eternal beings, as infinite consciousnesses, as you say, as, as connected to all that exists in our world. Um, so yes, I mean, this is, we're at the, I think we're at very, you know, pioneering adventuresome times in this and our exploration of consciousness and, and, um, you know, going beyond the veil.
2: I'm so excited about what you're saying. And now let me just ask, you know, on a personal level, is this something that I could learn about now and have like a foundation in it and a belief in it, uh, you know, and share it with people in my life so that when that time comes, you know, we've already set the groundwork and know what's coming So that sort of thing.
3: Yes, historically, in the early days of the uh, Share Crossing Pathway workshop and training, we focused on somebody who was dying, and they would bring a loved one, partner, sibling, you know, child—I mean, an offspring, son or daughter—and then what we found was obviously hospice workers of and some end-of-life medical professionals were interested in it and spiritual seekers got interested in it as well and then what happened was and this was for our for our research we needed to have people dying to to, to get the research Mm -hmm. but we found there was a lot of interest from others and now anyone can take the pathway training and what we have found invariably in our evaluations which i'm you know so pleased to hear how how moved people are by this experience. People will say, I had no idea that engaging and, and embracing the reality of aging, decline and death for myself and for everyone I love would be so meaningful would be so would bring so much life and purpose and focus and appreciation for this life. I'm living right now, and my relationships. So, at the at the most basic level of enriching one's life, people love the training, and this is something that I I was I you know we'd always been taught in our spiritual traditions, you know I think of Don Juan, uh, in Carlos Castaneda's Mm -hmm. um, you know series on uh, stories or epic of Don Juan the shaman, And, and Don Juan says, well, live life with death over your left shoulder. Uh, as if to say, "You know, and he even talks about this, you know if you have something you 're working out in your life, talk to death about it, and in a certain way, we wow. brought this right into the modern day in our in our contemporary, and that people are really able to review their life. Look over the things that they regret. Look over the things they're grateful for. Reconcile relationships. Learn practices of compassion and forgiveness and gratitude for themselves and others. Really clarify what matters in their life and and articulate it to their loved ones. And so we have a lot of people to just do the workshop because it's so enriching to them at a personal growth level, if you will. And then others, you know, and then, the, then along with that, you'll learn these protocols that will get you ready for, um, how to facilitate shared crossings, to be aware of them and how to facilitate them when you have, when the opportunity avails. And what people have said as well is that now, Anytime there's a death or an illness in their family, they feel confident, they feel comfortable, and they feel inspired to go and help and serve. And so many people will talk about feeling anxious when, when, a, when a loved one gets sick or yes. is dying. They say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to be with them. I have nothing to offer. Oh, they want to be alone. Or, you know, am I close enough? And what we're finding is, in our community, is that people, our community, we're we're ready and willing and really content and appreciate the opportunity to go and be with people as they're, you know, living out the end of their life or have a diagnosis of some type. And that's normally what happens is you get a diagnosis Mm -hmm. and then our community, you know, various members will step in and, and, and really help support them. And they come with a presence and a confidence about what it takes to be truly mindful at the end of a human life and so though and so yeah we have people of all ages taking it now and really grateful and you know a lot of mental health professionals are taking it because they deal a lot with aging decline and death and grief and bereavement and they feel that this really helps get them in touch with their own uh, mortality and we don't really say a whole lot about the afterlife in these in these workshops uh, other than to say that everything that we've learned in our research and around the world, you know, points to an, uh, the eternity of a, of a continuation, at least, of the human consciousness beyond human death. So it's kind of assumed, but you don't even, I've had atheists and agnostics take it and ask me, I don't want to have to take on any afterlife thoughts or beliefs. And I say, oh, you don't have to. This is just beneficial, highly therapeutic, and mm-hmm. you'll be grateful. You'll feel more alive in your life and more connected to your loved ones as a result of this. And that is what we get over and over again. Our, our valuations are thankfully stunningly glowing. And so I'm feel grateful that we're able to offer this.
2: William, thank you so much. When we come back from the break, we'll get some closing words from William and how you can find out more about shared crossings. We'll also meet the man responsible for Shades of the Afterlife, the man who thought of this show, and find out why. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.
1: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
6: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
8: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb
2: The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them.
0: Hey, it's time to head over to -to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to AM.com. That's coasttocoastam.com.
2: Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit RedCross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain and we're with William Peters talking about sharedcrossing.com. And William, I know that when we're airing this, it's amidst the COVID-19 pandemic and you're not doing in-person events right now. So we can be in touch with you to find out when the next one is. But I wanted to say that when a lady gets pregnant, so many people give her the gift, what to expect when we're expecting. And it would be really nice if there would be training for all perhaps a book in the future, about how to prepare for the death experience. And I really like what you said about living life. And if you have any questions, talk to death about it.
3: Well, you know, this is really the foundation of Eastern, a lot of the Eastern traditions, you know, most notably Buddhism. I think the Dalai Lama, paraphrase, has said something like the bedrock of any mindfulness practice is embracing death.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. We don't really emphasize the notion of transmigration, which is called reincarnation and that's our translation for it reincarnation but it's really it's the migration of the soul or the some some in consciousness if you will from this life to the next life you know in Tibetan Buddhism there's bardos in between the human lives but then it reincarnates in another life and so this is a big part of a lot of traditions and they look at the human experience as just that a human experience that is used to wake us up it's all about waking up. We talk about enlightenment, but it's really to wake us up to our nature as consciousness, which is wise and loving. And so if we live our lives with that appreciation, then we are going to be a lot happier.
2: If you're interested until William's book comes out, you can look up Glimpses of Eternity book by Dr. Raymond Moody. And it's excellent on the shared death experience. William, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to seeing you again in the future.
3: Well, likewise, Sandra, it's been a pleasure to be, to be in conversation with you and to be able to offer what I've learned about end of life to your listeners. And yeah. thank you for your educational and inspiring uh, show for the world.
2: I'd now like to introduce you to Tom Danheiser, who's the producer of the global talk radio show called Coast to Coast AM, which is heard by millions every night. Tom first gave me my start when he let me talk about my book, We Don't Die, on Coast to Coast AM. And that very night, the book hit number one in the UK, US, and Canada on Amazon. And what followed from that was a whole bunch of people getting much-needed grief relief, faith that there is an afterlife, and I've gotten many reports that people didn't take their own life because of my book. So I owe a great deal of gratitude to Tom and Coast to Coast. So welcome, Tom, and thank you on behalf of myself and other guests for the difference that you make for so
4: many. Sandra, hi. You're much too kind, but thanks for having me.
2: Well, this was your brainchild, and of course I had to have you, because you do make such a difference. I don't think you have any idea between the guests that you have on the show, they get their message out much further, and then all the listeners, and now I'd love to talk to you about creating this show, what was behind it, and what you got cooking, because I know there's great things coming.
4: Well, you just do a fantastic job, I'll just say that, but I heart radio had asked me to create a coast to coast damn paranormal podcast network so a whole network of podcasts with just shows of the unexplained and the the weird bizarre you know type of thing so the first one I thought about that I wanted to do was an afterlife show because that's one of my favorite topics and uh you know I just rifled through my brain of a bunch of people that I know and I thought you know what Sandra would be great at this I think right so let's give her a shot so as you know I called you And I explained what we do and you you kind of put together your demo. And I got to tell you, and I am not kidding, like from day one, you were perfect at this. I mean, you were a great choice. And as you've done more and more shows, people who listen to your show, it's proven to them that you do a great job. So you're the number one show that we started with. And then we've added two more shows since. And we're going to keep adding shows to this Paranormal Podcast Network. And uh, we're just going to grow it. And that's kind of what we're up to.
2: Well, let me ask you, why is the afterlife
4: topic one of your or favorite kind of shows? Because I don't know what's going to happen. And I know experts like you and people we have on the show, they say, look, it's like this. It's going to be great, peaceful or whatever happens. You know, I listen to your show, so I know what you say. But, you know, deep down, I just think to myself until I actually I'm like a doubting Thomas on certain things until I actually see it, which I'm in no hurry to see, you know, I feel like I don't know.
2: Well, you're a perfect human being. In fact, the show that I sent you today, I talk a little bit just about that. It's part of human nature to be doubting and to think of negative as opposed to any miracles we've witnessed or good things we've had happen or great things about us. So you're in the perfect place as a listener. And I'm still a skeptic. 25 years on. So I think it's great. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, not only for your kind words just now, but just for really believing in me and trusting me. And it is my goal and my promise that each show will have integrity and really give the best information because I know that there's great people listening.
4: One thing about your show that I like is that you present it in a way that it, it makes you feel good It makes you feel still like you're not 100% sure, but it makes you feel good. I have a problem with people, afterlife experts, who like say, this is how it is. This is what's happening. Dude, you ain't been there yet, so how do you know? Then they might say, well, yeah, I've died and come back. Well, okay, you've died and come back, but you haven't died, period. So, you know, you're not there. and, And you just seem to present it in a way that's very comforting.
2: Thanks. Nobody has the answer. And once we do, there's no way we can come back 100% and give that information, even through the mediums that come through. Everything gets filtered through their mind. So nobody really knows. And I think until that etheric silver cord, they call it, is totally cut, that there's still part of our humanity attached. So for people who have near-death experiences, there could be 9 billion different experiences So we look for the similarities, but I'm thrilled. It's a subject that I love talking about. I always thought people were going to think I was weird by sharing it. And now I get the guy from one of the biggest shows in the whole wide world to believe in me and this message. And I think it's great. So I'm really, really grateful.
4: What I do like is the one common thread I seem to hear is everybody seems to see the white light. Like that really gives me like hope, I guess. I think Mm -hmm. hope is a great word it is. I don't like, remember in Ghost? Remember the little black man that came and got the bad guy? Yes. I hate that image.
2: Well, I don't think that's exactly how it's going to happen. Not that I'm an expert, but (laughs) I think a lot of that negative stuff happens in our own mind. So what's cooking for the future of the network? Because I know it started off With my show, but what are the other shows? Because I think some of my listeners might enjoy them.
4: Well, it takes like a good year to really grow and network properly. But up ahead in the future, we're going to add like a witch, we're going to add a psychic, we're going to add someone to do a show on monsters. So all kinds of cool stuff. Wow. And it's really neat because I get to kind of just use my imagination and think with this and then find the right people. And, you know, it's funny because. So far, the three people that have shows on this network, including yourself, are guests of Coast to Coast, but it always isn't the case where a guest, because they've been on the show, can translate into doing their own show. So I might get a great idea and then contact a person, but they sound terrible. (laughs) So, you know, you just have to kind of balance it, but it's fun and we're going to grow it and it's going to be really cool. And you will always have, you know, you're the first position, you started this baby.
2: Wow. Well, you thought of the name, you thought of the idea, and I just want to see it through and have fun with it because death is a pretty serious topic. But when we start talking about we live on after that and we still retain our sense of humor, which you have a giant one. Thank you very much. <laughs> it makes us live life differently. And shows on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network are different they're unique and it's just so good for our minds to be able to shut off the regular nine to five thinking and you know all those heavy things that our mind thinks about and think about the what-ifs and being open to new subjects and the paranormal
4: subjects so I think it's great what-ifs are great and there's so many topics so many things in this world that you just go wow like uh, how did Stonehenge get there well, we know who built Coral Castle, but how did he do it? There's a million mysteries out there, and it, it never ends. And, and so it's it's just a lot of fun to tackle this kind of stuff and do shows about it.
2: Yeah, and I always tell listeners to take what fits and what you enjoy and throw away the rest. There's not one single person who's got all the answers. Bounce everything through your own filter. Whatever you enjoy, follow it. But it makes sense. Do it. So, Tom, thank you. Anything else you want to share?
4: We are going to have on a gentleman who is a palmist. You know what a palmist is? Reading the palms, saying yeah. I've
2: got a long lifeline, and
4: yeah, and he's going to really uh, tell us some interesting things. This is going to be fun. Wow! I found out a lot about you when we first started this show, and and you have a rich background in the, in afterlife and and your whole journey and. Uh, It's really cool. So there's no use in telling the people right now that are listening to listen to you because they do listen. But maybe if you're listening out there, you can tell friends to check it out. And uh, and it's very simple. You know, you just go to iHeartRadio.com and in the search, put in Coast to Coast AM Paranormal and all the shows will pop up. Or you can download the iHeartRadio app and same thing in the search, just put in Coast to Coast AM Paranormal. All the shows will pop right up and sandra's will be right there and and we'll do a new show each week and hopefully people will like it but yeah we're having some fun and sandra thank you i i can't thank you enough honestly
2: oh thank you too and you can check out the new show of shades of the afterlife every friday
4: and the other shows as well thank you so much for having me i do appreciate it
2: oh you're welcome and thank you for all that you do and to you our wonderful listeners thank you for being on this search You are an amazing immortal soul just having a human experience and you are loved and valued by many. Remember to check out sharedcrossing.com. I'm Sandra Champlain and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.